Well, good morning, Covenant Network. Here we are on another Friday morning, and not just any Friday morning. Friday, May the 13th. And I want to put the emphasis on May the 13th and not Friday the 13th because I'm not superstitious. God is God, and as the first commandment says, I am the Lord your God, have no other gods before me, so Fridays numbered 13 don't really faze me. But it is the 105th anniversary of the first apparition of the Blessed Mother to the children at Fatima. So let us give the day to her. We'll pray our morning offering, and then we will pray our memorari this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, happy Friday morning to you. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. It is Roadmap Roundup Friday, and uh, we have an esteemed panel with us today, including a new panelist. But uh, we'll start with good old Faithful, that that other guy, old Gabe faithful. Jones. Yeah. At least you didn't call me the contrarian this morning. Well, you have not yet to be contrary, but <laughs> the, the, the hour is young. The hour is you know? young, yeah. for true. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Wait till we get to my topic. Oh yeah! This yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And then all the way from St. Charles County, getting up before the roosters this morning to make that commute here. Corey Grizzle, Corey, good to see <laughs> good you today. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> and our our newest panelist, welcoming to the uh, the roundup panel today, Paula Julik from Immaculata Parish and St. Mary Magdalene here in the Clayton Brentwood area. Paula, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. It's good to have you here. So you know, I don't know if you you've listened to the roundup yet, if you know what you're in for with all of the mayhem today, but we're. We're going to be talking about the Blessed Mother, friends. We're going to be talking about uh, the importance of some simple things like our daily rosary and how we can look for God in the ordinary and more and more. That's all coming up on today's Roadmap Roundup. But before we get to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. Today is the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima. Beginning on this day in 1917, the third year of World War I, three children outside Fatima, Portugal, began a series of visions of the Blessed Mother that would last exactly five months, concluding with the miracle of the sun on October 13th, as a crowd of as many as 100,000 people looked on. During that miracle, many saw the sun dart about the sky, producing a multitude of colors, drying out the ground and their rain so close. Many also had visions of Jesus, Our Lady of Sorrows, St. Joseph, and Our Lady of Mount Carmel. The children, Lucia and her cousins Jacinta and Francesco, were told to pray for the end of World War I, peace, and the conversion of Russia. They were also given three secrets. In 1927, Lucia revealed that the first secret was about devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The second was a vision of hell and predicted the Second World War, and the third secret, sealed until 2000, indicated a bishop in white would be assassinated. And on this day in St. Peter's Square in 1981, 
St. Pope John Paul II was shot and nearly killed. Lucia became a nun and lived until 2005, but Jacinta and Marto died just a few years after the Blessed Mother appeared at Fatima in the last global pandemic. A year before the apparitions at Fatima, the three children were greeted by an angel who called himself the Angel of Peace. He taught them this prayer to be said before the Blessed Sacrament. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby he is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. The children were taught four other prayers, including this one from the Blessed Mother, who told them to say it when offering up their personal sacrifices. O my Jesus, I offer this for love of thee, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And Our Lady also taught them this prayer to be said daily for the conversion of sinners and world peace. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. Our Lady of Fatima, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's our Roadmap Roundup Friday, and Paula Julik is with us. Paula, today is the 105th anniversary of the first apparition of our Blessed Mother at Fatima. And at Fatima, she asked us to pray the rosary daily. Now, many of us are in the habit of praying the rosary regularly, but not quite daily yet. Yet. Um, you know, you study the human brain. That's it's one of the things I find fascinating about you. What can we do to, to get to that final push? Like if we're praying the rosary five-sevenths of the week, you know, how can we get those last two days? What are some of the habits we can promote? I think that's a great question, Adam. You know, I think a lot of us get busy. You know, we have kids. We have jobs. We're, you know, there's lots of reasons why you, you know, don't get to it. Um, there was a, a priest told me a, a long time ago. He said, you know, this, was, this was blew my mind. He said, you know, you, you can split that rosary up. You don't have to pray like all at once. You could do like a decade in the morning in the shower. You could do a decade, you know, taking your kids to school at lunch. And that to me was a game changer. I was like, wow, that's just a different way of thinking about the rosary. So that, I mean, that's one part. But then there's the other part, I think, which is the, like, why? Like, why should we do this? You know, like you were talking about asparagus a little bit ago. You know, if you know that you need to eat your broccoli, why why need to eat the broccoli? Well, because it has cancer you know cancer fighting chemicals in it. Well, that may be, might make me more interested in doing it. So with the rosary, I mean, we have these great promises that Our Lady made to us, like, you know, basically, she'll take care of us forever. you know, she'll be there at the end. I mean, these are pretty big things. so I think it's, I think it's a the knowing the why also is a big push. Yeah, I like I like looking strategically for where to pray the rosary in the day too, like the other day. Uh, as, as I shared on the show Wednesday morning, my wife's car broke down. So after the show, I have to go wait for a tow truck driver. And I was getting really steamed. I'm like, oh, it's hot out, and I'm not going to run the engine because I don't want to waste the gas with the cost of gas being what it is. And I'm like, maybe I'll watch something on my phone. And I'm like, 
No, knucklehead. Pray the rosary. You've got time right now. This is the perfect time to pray the rosary. I don't know. Corey, you yeah. look like you want to jump in on this. <laughs> so um, the the why, that's the that's the really big thing for me. I'm always asking why. Why, why do I do these things that I do? Why, why do I take 20 minutes out of my day to do those, uh, to, to pray a rosary? I mean, I could be watching a great show and <laughs> I could be reading a great book. I could be doing, playing with my kids or, you know, just, just sitting. Um, but, uh, that, that's something, um, I have to take the rosary and, and make it, why am I praying this rosary, um, in particular? So, um, I was just sharing with Adam earlier, I got a, a wonderful mother's day present, um, which was uh, a rosary my daughter made for me. Um, and she put, I have 10 children. So she put, um, the, um, birthstones of each one of my children on each one of those rosaries and so i am praying for each one of my children on each one of those hail marys and so that's that's a big why so this week i've actually tried to figure out you know what am i going to pray for each one of these children or for the health and safety for their their spiritual welfare for you know the strength and right choices and things like that so Ooh, that's i love that 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 kind yeah. of forces you into that like you're going to pray for your children because you're on their birthstone right and then and then what, that what decade, intention? right? That decade is for their health and safety for each one of those children. So, yeah. um, anyway, I, this is something that's just come into my mind this this week because of this rosary. So, but it it makes me a little more excited to pray it. Um, so, you know, it, it makes me want to sit down, and that's an excellent idea to just do a decade at a time because sometimes that's all I have. So, all right, right. Love that. All right. Well, I you know for me, um, I'm, I'm not the best example of praying a daily rosary, but. Uh, When you understand what the rosary is, which is, you know, kind of the the layman's version of the divine office, right, the the liturgy of the hours, um, and that it's connected with, you know, the number of psalms in scripture and that kind of thing, uh, I think it really creates a deeper connection to, you know, the life of the church, right, and and the prayer of the church. And and when you want to be connected to the church, if that's what you desire, uh, you know, obviously religious priests... Uh, you know, sisters, nuns, you know, brothers, they are going to be praying the divine office, right? The, the liturgy of the hours, uh, praying those psalms, and saying the rosary. But we can participate in that in just a simple way with the rosary. And so I think sometimes if we, if we kind of maybe have that mindset, that's kind of a, a, a neat thing yeah. to know that when we're saying that rosary, we're, we're actually participating in the, the living, breathing life of the church, right? That's kind of cool. Yeah. I have a friend um, who prays usually on the weekends, not so much on the weekdays because the work schedule is what the work schedule is. He usually prays, um, well, he always prays a daily rosary. I'm going to start there. Weekdays, maybe he'll pray two, one in the morning, one in the evening, but weekends he may say all four sets of mysteries in one day, you know, one in the early morning, one mid-morning, early afternoon, late afternoon, or evening. And I like that because I'm, I'm, I'm big into the rhythms of the day. And as we, you know, another Great quote we heard this week on the show was from Father Mark Goring, who was talking about the the rule, like the monastic rule for the monasteries. And the, there's a phrase, if you keep the rhythm, the rhythm will keep you. Or uh, if you keep the rule, the rule will keep you is the actual principle. And I love that idea, Paul, of what you were saying throughout the day. I mean, just stopping to pray a decade here, a decade there. It'd be great. You know, I, I wholly encourage pray the entire rosary at one time if you're able to, friends. But if you if you're not praying it throughout the day is better than not praying it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, think of those church bells that were still 
able to hear depending on where you live. You know, in my house, we can hear the church bells. They're kind of faint because we're far away from the bell tower, but we hear them. And that was that reminder to the farmers out in the field when we had an agrarian society in Europe. Um, go pray, right? You know, like stop your tilling of the soil for a second and say a quick prayer here um, because the monks are gathering for prayer or the sisters are gathering for prayer in the cloister. There's a lot more we could say about this, but um, I think we're going to save that for after the break. We are going to take a quick break here. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Roadmap Roundup Friday, the fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom. Gabe Jones. Yes. I sometimes think the Apostle Thomas is, you know, St. Thomas, also called Didymus, the unofficial patron saint of Missouri, perhaps, because we're the show-me state. Right. Right? I, I, we identify with Thomas. Uh, yet our Lord said, blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. And yet here we are with the show-me attitude. And we were talking before the break about the rosary, and Paula mentioned, you know, think about broccoli. Broccoli has great nutrients in it that can be cancer-fighting. And so you'd like... I, and personally, I like broccoli. I don't like asparagus, but I like broccoli. So I'll eat my broccoli happily. Um, but I didn't know that. And I, and I don't see that happening. And, and someone might say, well, does the rosary really, rosary really make a difference in your life? I want to see the difference. And, and you and I know that it does. So how can we, you know, but we both fight that from time to time. Like, mm-hmm. Show me. I want to see it. I want to see the proof. How do we let go of that show me attitude and foster a desire to believe without seeing yeah well first of all i want to say like the show me attitude and not just the missouri thing but just you know wanting to see things and have proof that that's a good thing right it it is good we are rational beings so you know digging into something trying to find the proof for something can be very good can be helpful but we are people of faith and faith does not it's not always rational in the human sense right Sometimes we have to just believe things because God is in control and God will do things that we can't wrap our heads around. And, and we're also not on, you and I are not on God's time. So when we say, oh, I want to see something, I want to see a result of this, I want to see this happen. I'm praying, I'm praying, and, 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 you know, I'm expecting a result from it. Uh, or, you know, well, I was going to church and, and I just, you know, I, I don't see the, the miracles happening, right? Um, well, we're not on God's time. That miracle that you want, the thing you want to see, it might happen, you know, six months, two years, 10 years. It might not even happen in your lifetime. And so uh, we have to kind of, well, one, pray for the gift of faith, right? Because faith is a gift. And so you have to be, you know, God is going to give you the eyes to see through that lens of faith, right? So you have to pray for that. And then two, kind of just learn to, to let go and realize that God is in control and these things that you want to see may not happen on your schedule, but they're still probably going to happen. You know, so I think that's an important perspective to have when you're thinking about, you know, this show me kind of attitude. Yeah. You know, I, I was at the uh, doctor's office yesterday for a follow-up in the ongoing saga of Adam Wright trying to lose weight here. And um, I was really frustrated because I, I had a really good push where I lost a lot of water weight. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling great because that's a lot of pounds that just came off like that, right? But now it's slowed down. And, and I'm like, Doc, in the last week, I've only lost two pounds. And he's like, that's okay. Because really, I only want you to lose one to two pounds a week for your health and well-being. And he goes, but think about that in the long run. 
and, and so we did the math right there mm-hmm. in his office. Two times 52, that's 104 pounds in the next year that I could potentially lose if I keep on this two pounds a week. And I think sometimes with prayer, it's kind of the same way. We don't see that immediate effect. Oh, man, I've been praying yeah. this rosary every day this week because I, they told me to on the Roadmap Roundup. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't see the effect. Well, you might not see it this week, but like you just said, Gabe, you might see it years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was told one time by a, a, a religious uh, that you, you know, we were talking about discernment and praying for things in your life. And, and he said very clearly, like, you know, when you're praying for that thing, right, pr- to have whatever thing show up, right? If that's not going to be helpful to your salvation, God, he's not going to give that to you. Right, if you're gonna pray for that fancy new, you know, pickup truck, oh, you know, Lord, I just, I just want that new truck, you know, like, well, <laughs> that's that, that may not be the thing that's necessary for your salvation, right? And so, like, God may not give you that thing, right? Oh, it'd be a miracle if I could get this. Well, okay, but yeah, is that going to be helpful toward the ultimate goal here? So, there are certain things where maybe you're praying for that and praying for that result, and and yeah, you're not gonna see that because. God's like, eh, it's kind of like the doctor, right? No, that's, that's not the thing you want. Yeah. So, Paula, yeah. you look like you want to jump yeah, in here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I love what you're saying about that. And one thing about for me that the rosary has done is I think it's changed me because I feel like I'm a nicer person when I pray it. Uh, I feel like I'm less tempted to sin when I pray it. Uh, my kids tell me I'm nicer when I pray it, so that's good. Um, that's always a good thing. You know, so... I think that's part of it. Like it does, it changes you and then you're nicer. And then, and you know, didn't uh, there was, in the Bible, it talked about, you know, the, the widow who like knocked on the door, you know, she kept persi- being persistent. If you're persistent in something, you know, maybe God's testing you. Maybe he's like, Hey, I want you to kind of stick with this and see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know, um, as you're saying that I, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of things. Paula, you're stirring up some really good conversation mm-hmm. here. Um, wow, I just lost it. But that's, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm at a loss. For do, we need to, do we need oh, to show you the no, agenda? No, I've got so it. Can, I've yeah. got it. Yeah. I remember now. So true story, uh, this past week, it was either this past week or late last week, um, I got an email from someone, and I was all hot and bothered by it. I was, I, my blood's boiling, and, and I could actually feel a headache coming on. And I knew exactly what it was. It was my blood pressure shooting up. And I, so I took my blood pressure, and it was not good. It was like 150 over 103, which is bad, friends. If you don't know anything about blood pressure, that's bad. And then here in the office, uh, Tony went around and was like, hey, we're going to pray the rosary now. And I'm like, yes, we're going to pray the rosary now. And that 20 minutes of just sitting in the chair over in our little devotional area, praying the rosary, I took my blood pressure cuff with me. And then after we prayed the rosary, it was back down to a, a good range, you know, not great, but, but a good, safer range. And I'm like, that is a benefit that when I get all worked up sometimes, I, I just have to say, stop. And, you know, and that, that forgets the whole part that our rosary is efficacious. Like, I'm, I'm focusing on the consolation or the gift that I receive mm-hmm. and, and forgetting that first and foremost, we're honoring the Blessed Mother who then, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting this great consolation right now. I don't even have a, a glimpse of what's in store if she's on my side. So yeah. right. I think too, uh, and I don't, Corey, I don't know if you want to jump in, yeah. but um, the, the thing sometimes I see in, in Catholics especially is that um, we get wrapped up in miracles, 
right? We, we like that's the that's the thing that's going to do it. Oh, we just need to see this thing to believe. And and I don't know, maybe I just have a more simple faith. I'm you know, or I'm trying to have a more simple faith, right? But like I don't always need that thing to believe. And and you see sometimes people say, oh well, well look at this thing and this miracle happened here and this miracle. And they're always looking for that thing. Maybe just take a step back if that's you, right? And just try to ask God for a more simple faith. Yeah, so. there's um, a lot of times, you know, I didn't think I'd have anything to say about the show me thing because I'm not I'm not looking for things like that. I'm not, but I think what I'm looking for is that peace. And that's that's what you were talking about is is just that peace that if I, I know that if whatever's going on in my brain and whatever I want to have to happen, I know and I understand already from my years of faith and my years of understanding that that I'm not always going to get what I want. I'm not going to get the truck. I'm not going to get the, you know, the open doors that everybody's going to follow, you know, the the right path. Um, but I am going to sit down and say, look, this is not in my control and I'm going to give it up and I'm going to give it to the Blessed Mother and I'm going to give it to Jesus and I'm just going to pray. And that's that's kind of what I love about the rosary, even though it's repetitious and it's kind of boring to my kids. And But... It gives me that peace because I can just meditate and I feel that peace. And, um, you know, talking about changing your yourself and your life, just just praying the rosary. So years ago, um, my husband gave, uh, well, for Lent, <clears throat> he decided he was only going to listen to Covenant Network. That's for a Lent. good man right there. <laughs> was, that a, was that a penance or was that a... <laughs> it could hey be now. anything. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> but he decided. And, and I think it was also, because it was years ago, 15, 20 maybe, that he was going to only pray the rosary in the car. So he had his, his tape or CD or I don't know, Covenant Network. Um, so he prays rosary in the car on the way to work. And he, like the, the road rage went that way down. <laughs> And and just me, he's not really road rage kind of person, but still you think it in your head, right? Yeah. So um, all of that piece and and from that, like, you know, he's really, his spiritual life has been grown and learned a lot from Covenant Network. Um, So, you know, but it changed him for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to move on here, but we've uh, talked about miracles and and that actually leads us into our next topic. And October will be the 105th anniversary of the miracle of the sun, which um, is the, if I have to remember how to say this correctly, the largest crowd to ever witness a miracle was that day. It was something like 70 to 80,000 people Mm -hmm. that witnessed the miracle of the sun. And um, I think, you know, I was reading this morning that our, our St. Louis Blues, for the first time since they won the Stanley Cup, just advanced to the next round of the playoffs. They made it out of the first round. And I think back to, when, I don't even remember what year it was. I think it was like 2017, 2018, that they won the Stanley Cup. 2019. Uh, 2019, mm-hmm. yeah. This shows you how big of a fan I am. And that's my <laughs> point. Like I was a real big fan for those three weeks or four weeks that they were in the playoffs. And then it kind of tapered off. And when we have these big miracle moments like the miracle of the sun, it's really easy to get energized. Or I think of you know, those f- first few weeks after going to a conference or a retreat, we're really energized, but then it begins to taper off. And how can we cultivate that habit of seeking God in the ordinary, everyday, mundane things? And this is what I keep coming back to, the promises, the 15 promises of the rosary. And I'm not going to read all 15 of them here. But uh, those who faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Well, it's like we were saying, when we slow down and we put ourselves aside, we're a lot more open to receiving the grace of God and, and hearing what he's saying to us or what the Blessed Mother might be saying, you know, do what my son tells you. And by the way, he's telling you to do this if we actually 
take the time to stop and listen. Um, Number four, though, I come back to the recitation of the rosary will cause virtue in good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. It will withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities and will lift them to the desire of eternal things. Oh, that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. And I think of the promises of Our Lady. And I also think back to Fatima when she said, pray the rosary daily, not somewhat regularly, not weekly, but pray the rosary daily. Um, This is kind of like my mom saying, brush your teeth (laughs) daily. You're going to regret it if you don't. You may not regret it this week, but when you're sitting in the dentist chair and he's drilling, you're going to think back and wish you brushed your teeth daily. And I think of this promise, and then I look around at all the hatred and the vitriol in the world, and I mean, just driving the other day, um, the number of people that were just weaving in and out in the turn lane and the opposite lanes to get around people, I'm like, you know, I bet if we all prayed the rosary, this this would all go down a bit. And I don't know. Am, am I crazy, Paula? That's a loaded question oh, there, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we're... <laughs> This is a, a rowdy roundup this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not crazy at all. And in fact, the you know, I mean, the the research literature proves that too. I mean, not that you know we you know we have our faith, but there's also science, and you know, we know that we are calmer. Uh, we know that you know. I think a lot of the secular culture talks about meditation. And you hear a lot about, this is going to be a whole other can of worms, but, you know, they talk about mindfulness and a lot of that's coming from the Eastern religion traditions and Buddhism. And we have mindfulness. This, the rosary is the definition of mindfulness because true, truly, and not in a way that contradicts our faith, because we're meditating on the life of Jesus. And yeah, there's nothing better than that, really. Yeah. Um Number, where is it here? I just lost it. Oh, number seven, those who have a true devotion of the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. You know, and again, is that some magic formula that if you're dying, suddenly Father will show up out of nowhere? Maybe. I don't know. That, that could be the miracle. But I also think, Corey, if you're praying the rosary daily, you're going to be very in tune with, I need the sacraments of the church. So, right. you know, I, I heard the other week that, a hundred years ago, ninety percent of people didn't know when they were going to die. It was infection, childbirth, or accident. That's how you died, and it came very suddenly. And now that's less than ten percent of people. Ninety percent plus of us actually know when we're in the process of dying. And I think if we're praying that rosary, what are we going to seek? The sacraments of the church. Absolutely, and and you're also going to want to desire those things as well. So it's not it's not a magic formula, like you said. It's it's a it's it's a guide book. It's a guideline of look, if you do these things, then then your life will change. So it's not a if-then kind of a statement. It's not if you pray the rosary daily, then um, then automatically and magically you will die with the sacraments. It's that journey. It's that changing of our lives that, that guides you closer to gaining those sacraments and making sure that you've You've raised your family in a way that they know that you want to have those sacraments before you die, that you are, maybe that's, you have the time to go to daily mass and, and you're going to make those uh, changes and those efforts because you're praying the daily rosary. Yeah. Fair warning, friends. We're probably going to talk about this a lot in two weeks, but um, I often talk about grace. You know, and one of the reasons we pray the rosary is to open ourselves up to grace. I often use the analogy of sailing. You want the wind to fill your sails and, and, so you can blow into the correct direction, right? Well, 
I finally said, you know what I need to do? I need to take a sailing lesson. I've talked about this enough. I've wanted to do it. So on, on May 25th, I'm actually taking a sailing lesson, but I had nice. to take a, an online class. And I learned that there's a direction, if you're facing into the wind, that's called the no-go zone. It doesn't matter how hard you try, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're going against the wind, it's not going to happen. And, and if it does happen, as you start to get out of that, um, you maybe turn the, the, the boat a little bit, it's still really hard. You want to go fast, you want to be going the same direction as the wind. They call that a running sail. I learned this, right? And uh, this is the thing. You stop to pray the rosary, friends, you're letting the wind of grace push you in the right direction. And who wouldn't want that to help them out in life? I don't know. We're going to take a break here. We've been talking for a while. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup here on Roadmap to Heaven this Friday morning. Don't go anywhere. Here is our catequiz question for the day, and this actually stems from something Gabe Jones mentioned earlier. So if you were paying attention, you just you come might up with be, the question this morning. Is it? No, <laughs> I did not just come up with a okay. question. I altered it. <laughs> you know, I altered it. I can do that. I'm the host. Uh, we we talk about the rosary as the layman's psalter or the or Mary's psalter, and why is that? So here, friends, is the question. How many psalms are there in the book of Psalms? How many psalms are there in the book of Psalms? Hmm. Corey, do you want to take a, a guess at that? 150. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> you know, you know, you know how you know that is uh, if you take the number of Hail Marys in a rosary, not counting the first three at the beginning, but the the five decades, and you multiply that by the three sets of mysteries that mm-hmm. Our Lady gave to Saint Dominic. That's 150. And so right there, why it's called Mary Salter. And then uh, John Paul II, St. John Paul II gave us even more to love, even more mysteries to pray. Or as Father Donald Calloway calls them, uh, the rosary was the sword. He made it the lightsaber with the luminous mysteries. <laughs> you know? I'm going to see him this weekend. I'm really Maybe I'll ask him about that. You know, um, I'm looking forward to it. Corey, one of the uh, things this week has shown me here is that our culture in the United States has caused serious need for reparation for sins against the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And while it's not First Friday, it's not First Saturday, when we keep those devotions, we are praying in reparation for the sins against the Sacred Heart of Jesus and against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And um, wow, I don't want to get into all of the things that have happened in the past two weeks with with protests and demonstrations and and all of that, but... um, Anyone who's paying attention clearly sees that we have a need to do reparation for these sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance. And uh, how do you do that in your home? I mean, mm-hmm. vengeance isn't our part. That's God's part. Right. Our part is reparation. How, how do the grizzles do that? So I still have a lot of little children in my family. Um, uh, they would probably say they're not so little. And actually, I received a text over the break saying that um, Leo and Teddy are listening this morning, and they said they do not think the rosary is boring. So I am, right? I'm, I'm good with that. So. <laughs> Good for them. And, and I, you know, we do pray um, at least a decade and some of our memorized prayers uh, every night that we can that we can remember um, and that we're all home or that most of us are home. So, um, you know, we, we try and get into that that habit. Um, but the point of me mentioning the young children is that we don't really tell them what's going on in the news too much. You know, my older girls can know what's going on and we discuss a lot of things like that. Um, but I think just being able to teach my children those um, regular rote prayers, the St. Michael prayer, that's one of them that 
as soon as something happens in the news, as soon as they get distressed about something, that's that's what we pray because we want that protection um, over you know anything that's going on in our lives and for the church. We need that protection for the church in order to, um, you know, for them to to have their strength as well. But any little prayer that you know, if we we read those things in the news, um, and we or we just see those things in the news, and or we listen on the radio, and we get caught listening to the news if we don't like to listen, it's just it's heartbreaking these last two weeks and the things that have been going on and the attacks on the churches, and um, it, it's a, it's completely heartbreaking. And just to be able to pull those prayers of protection out. And just say a quick prayer and and be at peace for, I mean, I can't do anything about it physically. I have to pray. Yeah. Gabe Jones, what about, what about your household? So, you know, my kids are uh, young and too young, really, to really understand what's going on in the world today. Uh, so we, you know, every once in a while, maybe we'll make a comment or, or try to explain something to them. But um, we just try to do the simple things, right? And it doesn't have to be specifically about what's going on currently, but, you know, we, we do meatless Fridays in our house. And the, our kids know, well, why do we not eat meat on Friday? Well, because Jesus died on a Friday. You know, and we're remembering that sacrifice and we're offering that up. So, uh, you know, they understand that kind of stuff, the little simple things that we can do. Uh, and, and we don't always have to connect it to, like, a current thing. Right. So, so I think that's, that's important to realize is, like, as adults, you know, Sarah and I, we can, we can connect to current things and do reparation for something current. But... The kids don't always need to know. So. What about you, Paula? Well, for me, getting up this morning at five o'clock <laughs> was pretty much a sacrifice. <laughs> so that was I did I did actually think about that this morning. Um, one of the things is um, our youngest actually is she was she's a divine mercy baby. Um, she was born at the hour of mercy. In fact, when the doctor delivered. Uh, it was 2.56 in the afternoon, and we looked up at, you know, by the time he looked up at the clock, he says, it's 3 o'clock, it's the hour of mercy. And my youngest, she's almost six, she has had this, I don't know, it's got to be a supernatural, it's a devotion to um, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And so she goes to St. Austin, mm-hmm. and which is such a blessing, that school is amazing. And she has wanted, since she was very young, to, um, we pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet at night. And she, we'll go on YouTube and find, like, different videos. And she's like, oh, I like a different one. It's, anyway, it's 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 pretty cool. So, um, yeah. Like, that's a, yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 Gabe, you said something that reminded me of uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. And in chapter 1, verse 4, we read, One generation departs and another generation comes, but the world forever stays. Or sometimes translated, seasons come and season go, seasons go, but nothing really changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like take the news of the last two weeks and you can go two weeks before that or two years before that or mm-hmm. 200 years before that. And there were sins against yep. the sacred heart of Jesus and against the immaculate heart of Mary that we can do reparation for today. I yeah. mean, um, practical ideas that I've been thinking of this week, you know, sadly we read the reports of a church, I believe in Texas where mm-hmm. the tabernacle was stolen. Yeah. And right. uh, mm-hmm. I read the other day that they found the tabernacle behind a fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. um, but completely empty and so we know that there you know we, we don't know with 100 percent certainty but i think it's a very safe guess to say that there was an act of sacrilege um just by the fact that the, the tabernacle was stolen and that our lord was present in the tabernacle and they found the tabernacle but not the sacred hosts yeah so right there it's like what can my kids do well maybe it's as simple as this sunday after mass 
saying, we're going to stay for an additional 10 minutes to kneel in adoration mm-hmm. and pray. And that, that's our act of reparation. And, mm-hmm. and remembering that there's no single act that the rights could do or really collective acts of our entire lifetimes that we could do that make up for all of the sins. Um, in fact, Jesus took care of that work on the cross, but we can unite ourselves. And again, I think going back to the rosary, that's one of those things, the more we do that, the more we have a distaste for sin. Not to say mm-hmm. temptation won't come along, but it's a lot easier to do meatless Fridays when you have a fuller comprehension of why we do acts of penance and reparation. And, and too, I think it's it's important to remember, remember that, I mean, it's not just for, for things going on generically, but it's also for like individual people. Yeah. Right? There are individual people out there in the world who may not know Jesus, but you can do an act of reparation for them. Yeah. Right. And you can do something, you know, and ask God to give that person, whoever that might be, the grace to somehow come to know him better. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of a, I don't know if it's consoling is the right word, but it's kind of nice to have a target in your mind if you're saying, you know, I'm going to do this act of penance for that person out there who, who doesn't know Jesus. That person who just cut me off in traffic, you know, I'm going to say a little prayer for them that maybe, you know, they'll under, you know, get God's grace somehow and be open to that. Um, so that's, that's, that kind of gives it maybe more of a concrete reality, you know, and not just sort of a generic, well, I'm going to do some active reparation for, for things, <laughs> you know, yeah. going on, but you know, that person over there, right. That I saw, you know, I'm going to do something in reparation for, you know, yeah. to, well, to help them. It's important to remember that, especially with the, uh, the five first Saturdays devotion that there are every week specific or not every week, every month we're praying for a specific sin or a specific sacrilege um, against the Blessed Mother. And, and that kind of helps, too, keep us grounded in this rhythm. But, Gabe, you, you touch on something really important here, and we're going to have to uh, go to a break here in a minute. But Sister Marie Veritas of the Sisters of Life gave a keynote address yesterday during a prayer breakfast I was privileged to attend. And she reminded us that, you know, when we pray for the souls of people to to convert and turn to God, she goes, uh, to, she said something to the effect of, in this time, we have to remember that the doctor that performs these unspeakable things, we have to pray for that doctor's soul. The, the, the mother that's confronted with this choice, we have to pray for her soul. The man involved in the situation who may have abandoned the woman or may be pressuring the woman, we have to pray for his soul, that God desires all of those souls. Now, it's up to them whether or not they are going to turn to the Lord, just as it's up to you and I. But God desires their souls, too. And I, I love that. That you know, It is a stark reminder that we do have to pray for these people. This is not us versus them. This is we want everybody to go to heaven. But to do that, we have to lay down our lives and follow our Lord. We're going to take a break here and get you another check of the weather and the daily dose of encouragement for today. And then we'll wrap up the roundup after this. On this Friday, it is time to wrap up our week of encouragements on the theme of motherhood. So here with the final daily dose of encouragement on motherhood is Patty Schneier. Well, it's been a great week just in thanking God for the gift of motherhood and turning to Our Lady and hearing some quotes that might encourage people to recognize the dignity of being a spiritual mother for others. But today on this final day, talking about this topic, I want to reach out in a special way today for young mothers. For young mothers, I think, who need our support more than ever. 
I see many young mothers and I know many young mothers who are lonely, who are lonely. So today I want to just say if you are an older mother like myself, I'm in my 50s. I've already raised my kids. They are now grown. We need to become mentors for those younger mothers. Maybe you can help encourage a young mom today, a phone call, or sometimes just making a meal for that mom who might be overwhelmed with young children, stopping by, bringing flowers from your own garden, or just picking up a small little bouquet somewhere, and brighten the day of a young mother. I think it's important for us to reach out. Young mothers, I also want to encourage you to reach out to other young women, whether that's in your parish or starting a rosary group or starting a co-op or a play group or a book club or something that gives you an outlet with your children in tow that you can be with other moms together and have that support. One of the greatest gifts during my young mothering years were two things. In our neighborhood, we had a babysitting co-op talk about awesome. We could swap babysitting, whether we had a doctor's appointment or we wanted to be room mom up at the school for the Halloween party with other moms, and we just swapped points. We didn't share money at all. It was moms that we all knew and got to know each other, but we were there for each other, and we had the freedom to say, yes, I can do it for you. No, I can't. But our children then had play dates with other kids in the neighborhood. It was such a gift during those young years. The other thing that I helped start was a Wednesday play group. And I started this Wednesday play group. It wasn't with even women in my own neighborhood. They were women from all over the metro area. Some were from South, North, West County. And we would meet at the zoo, at the park, at the magic house. We would just pick a place to go and bring our kids in tow. And then we would go to McDonald's for lunch afterwards. That Wednesday play group, I'm not kidding you. I was in that play group for five years. So reach out, start something, get something started for you to have that support. And other moms, maybe you need to encourage other moms to do that, but let's see what we can do to help young moms in this way. Patty, this has been a great encouragement for us this week. It's been a wonderful topic. And on behalf of all of us here at Covenant Network, I would like to wish you and all of the mothers and spiritual mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. All right, we are back and uh, yeah, I know Mother's Day was last week, but it's one of those things we can wish our moms a happy day any day because, well, I recently saw uh, I saw a picture that was one centimeter, two centimeters, three, yep. and, and onward. And happy Mother's Day, <laughs> Mom! Every day, every day of the year. Um, and today's the Blessed Mother's Day, and I'm very fitting that it it falls so close to our. our cultural celebration of Mother's Day. Um, as we wrap up today, I, I, I want to get to this last question because it's been on the question sheet for a month now, and we, we've <laughs> never gotten to it. So real quick, this is our, our lightning round on the Roadmap Roundup. How can we use text messages, emails, social media, et cetera, to witness to our faith, you know, something as simple as a signature line or, uh, you know, oh, well, I've got a story about my buddy Joe Ferris, but Gabe Jones, I'm putting you on the spot first. So I, yeah, signature line, I've got a quote from Chesterton in my work email, and then in my personal email, I've got a line from... Um, uh, introduction to the devout life, I think. Uh, or no, Imitation of Christ. That's what it is, Imitation okay. of Christ. So, you know, a couple of lines there. And then I think, too, just on social media, you know, I just try to share good stuff sometimes, whole, just wholesome stuff, yeah. you know, things about church. Or maybe there's a, 
a restoration done on a church, share that on your social media. It's a beautiful thing. Let's Maybe there's see a it. Joseph challenge. Share that. Yeah, yeah. A picture about, yeah. Corey, what about you? Uh, simple emails. My salutation at the end is, is uh, um, sorry, blessings or God bless or something that, yeah. you know, creates peace okay. at the end. Paula? Ditto, ditto, same thing. Yeah, like, or, you know, I, I get ideas from other people. Like, some people will say, you know, in Christ. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, mine on my personal email is I have a quote from St. Philip Neri, find joy in each day, because I'm like, that can be a conversation starter, even for secular people that I email, um, you know, with some of the volunteer work I do in the local community. And I thought about taking that off because, oh, that might be too Catholic. And I'm like, that's hardly Catholic yeah, right. to say, find joy in each day, you know, that. That could be a bumper sticker most people would uh, appreciate. But then on my my work one, um, I've got this great quote from St. Thomas Aquinas, errors perish and cease to be when people get to know the truth. Um, But I think the best example of this, because we all are asked to stop and pray for our friends, and I want to give a shout out to my friend Joe Ferris, who texted me the other day, and it just said a simple thing. I just prayed for you. Please pray for me. Words to that effect. Joe. And he does it. He sits every day when he goes to his holy hour, and he just does five names on his contact list. He says a prayer for each of those five people, and after he prays for them, he sends that text message, I mm-hmm. just prayed for you. Um, and then when he gets to the end, he starts back over at the beginning. So I'm like, that's wow, cool. that's a simple thing that's that cool. that we all could do, and I'm not doing it. So <laughs> maybe that, and we got to get the daily rosary, friends, and then maybe pray for the people in your contact list. I don't know. All right. Well, here's a look at what's coming up on Roadmap to Heaven in the next week because we do have some important um, things for you. Monday, we should be here. Um, We're going to the Marian Conference this weekend, the St. Louis Marian Conference, and Monday's show um, will be what the people we talk to there. You know, I I know we're going to talk with Monsignor Eugene Morris and Father Donald Calloway, and we're hoping to talk to a few others. So we'll hope to bring you those interviews Monday morning. And then the rest of the week, we're not going to have a show because I'm actually going to be down in Birmingham, Alabama, Irondale, technically, uh, visiting EWTN studios. and, And hopefully, God willing, I'll get over to Hansville to the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament. But because of that, I won't be here to do a show. So we'll be bringing you daily mass the rest of the week. Um, please pray for me. I'll be praying yeah. for you, all of you, our listeners, while I'm down there. And now let's end our show with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for pray us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Well, once again, thank you for listening. It is, joy to be, it is a joy to be with you each and every day here on Covenant Network. For Covenant Network on Roadmap to Heaven, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Corey Grizzle. I'm Gabe Jones. I'm Paula Julik. Pray your rosary today.